Hello, this is Jeremy Giles, and you're listening to episode 72 of the Who's On Top podcast. And as lovely Jeremy Giles just said, welcome to Who's On Top. This is episode 72. I'm your host, Ori. It is August 24th. Woo, has time been flying. Uh, 2021. And with us, we got three lovely analysts. Let's start off with the Russian machine, Toothmaster Ellis Gordon. What's up, guys? Ellis, why are we calling you Toothmaster this week? Uh, I got my wisdom teeth removed on Monday, but the progress has been pretty good. My jaw still kind of hurts, though, a good amount. But other than that, I'm good. So, I mean, Ellis should be talking just as normal, fluttering yeah, over. Yeah, pretty much. Next, we got the exhausted fencing captain, Jeremy Giles. Hello, yes, at your service. I'm only slightly exhausted. Don't worry about it. And finally, the Ithaca man himself, Daniel Fox and the black screen. What's up, guys? Let's talk some sports. Let's talk some sports. And with that, let's move on to the tip-off with Daniel Fox. All right. Welcome to the tip-off. It's been two weeks since our last episode, the dog days of August. Uh, We're starting to pick out contenders from contenders. And two teams that have caught fire at the exact right time are the Yankees and the Braves. Each met in a game yesterday after winning nine in a row. I don't think that's happened in around maybe 100 years, I think I saw. But, yeah, the Yankees have just caught fire. I think they're 17-4 and four since the All-Star break. The Braves have pulled away in the NL East, now four and a half up on the Phillies. Um, and some teams that are free-falling. Um, the Oakland Athletics have lost uh, four straight, eight of their last ten. They're now at a game and a half back from the wild card race. Uh, the Red Sox, they've been struggling in August. Um, and so the Padres, you know, everyone thought they were World Series contenders. They have lost eight of their last ten. They are now out of the postseason race. They had just fired their pitching coach, Larry Rothschild. And, of course, the Baltimore Orioles have lost. Oh, and the New York Mets have also lost eight of their last ten. They are now two games under 500. Just a disastrous season all around for the Mets and the Baltimore Orioles have lost 18 straight games. They're 38 and 85. They are disgusting. Um, <coughs> and the highlight of the week, or you'll like this, Miguel Cabrera hitting his 500 career. 500, baby! No, it hasn't been the smoothest uh, last half of his career uh, or last five years or so for Miguel Cabrera. Dealt with injuries. Power is pretty much all gone. Uh, he can still hit around 270, 280, but... He's not the player he once was, but it's good to see a guy. It's good to see him. He's coming up on 3,000 hits. It's good to see that milestone. Uh, hats off to Miguel Cabrera. Um, so Thank you. We appreciate that. All right, now over to Ellis for some summer league action. Yeah, um, so the Kings beat the Celtics in the summer league finals game, but that's not that interesting because they're playing the rookies. Um, some standouts were Kate Cunningham had a great summer, summer league. Jalen Greed showed off his bucket prowess in summer league, as well as Tyrese Maxey. I know he's a second year, not a rook, but um, but he played two games and both averaged 26 points. Um, other stand, those were like the three big standouts from a scoring wise. Barnes, Scotty Barnes showed off his proficiency at defense. Shooting still remains an issue. Um, and Aaron Ness and Obi Toppin actually had a pretty good summer league as well. Um, those were the standouts, you know, Summer League. Oh, other other news from Summer League is Jonathan Kuminga got an interesting nickname called the Cum Bucket. 
um, which is quite the interesting nickname. And he played well in summer league. So yeah, that's probably the most interesting thing that happened. I can't summer. believe we're putting that on air, but okay. Yeah. All right. Um, now let's kick it to Daniel for some camp battles and football injuries. Camp battles? Are we talking about uh, Ellis's team making it to the finals in Meadowbrook? And- hey, they won. They won. They didn't just make it. Three one, baby. Um, but yeah, let's talk about some um training camp battles and injuries. Yeah. So the big news today: uh, Travis Etienne, the Jaguars' first round running back, and my dad's second running back on the fantasy team. More importantly, shout out to the Giles. I still use your Verizon code, but um, Travis Etienne uh, had surgery. I think to remove. Correct me if I'm wrong. To remove a bone in his foot. Yeah, it's a list Frank fracture. Yeah, so he is expected to be out this season. A uh, pretty big blow for the uh, blow for the Jaguars. They're not expected to compete, and they do have a pretty solid second option in uh, James Robinson. But uh, someone, you know, you watch Travis Etienne. He's got big play. Uh, he's got star potential, and it's just a tough way to start off your career. Um, so some camp, some training camp QB battles. Uh, we got Cam Newton versus Mac Jones. Both have been playing well in the preseason. But Cam Newton is now out for the last next five days due to COVID mis-up. Uh, he is not vaccinated. Uh, there's been reports that Patriots uh, officials are uh, growing frustrated with him. Um, but, yeah, so it looks like you wouldn't be surprised if either of them start week one, to be honest. Uh, Matt Jones has been playing very well. Uh, he's, we know he's not flashy, but he can get the job done um, like he has done all preseason. Uh, in the NFC South, looks like the job's going to go to Jameis Winston. He threw his absolute thought yesterday, a 50-yard touchdown to Marquez Callaway. And, you know, people shit on Jameis Winston a lot, but there is, you know, he's been an above-average starter every year he's been a – every year in the league, except for the 30-touchdown, 30 30-pick 30 interception. And there's way more potential. He's way more experienced than Taysom Hill. So I would be shocked if anybody other than Jameis Winston is starting for the Saints – week one and then you got the 49ers and the chargers uh trey lance threw a touchdown on his very first drive um and that's a really exciting battle i mean trey lance he only played one full season of college jimmy garoppolo has experience he just took them to the super bowl two years ago but i would be shocked if trey lance is starting week one but he should get a lot of playing time this season short lease for Jimmy Garoppolo. So that are the QB battles. Let's go back to Ellis for some college football. Yeah, nothing crazy of note, but college football starts this Saturday, so definitely worth a mention. First game is Nebraska versus Illinois, a Big Ten battle. Rutgers plays Thursday, and for Jacob, shout out, I believe Syracuse plays next Saturday. Um, no really big game one, except for Al- game one game, except for Alabama, Miami, which happens also next Saturday, but yeah. Excited to have college football back. Excited to see Rutgers' new improved team play. So that is the tip-off. Dan, back to you. That was the tip-off. Oh, wait. Not quite yet because we have one more. Everyone's favorite segment where we let Jeremy run free and tell us about some nature thing or animal or whatever he's got in that beautiful curly-headed mind. So, Jeremy, what do you have for this week? All right. You know, this week, this week's going to be – a good week. So, you know, I was in New York today, right? Shout out to Slug Nun, Abby. Happy birthday, Abby. Um, so I was thinking of things to do in New York, right? 
And I'm thinking there's like three things you can do in New York that are like cheap and actually worth it. Right? You can one do of these like the methamphetamine. Anyways, so what I was thinking is worth it. What is worth it? Contracts. Right? Ooh. So what I was thinking could be an interesting question is to take the top 10 biggest contracts from I'm just doing the skill positions so quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end in the NFL and evaluate what percent if each position do we think is worth it. All right, I'm down. I'm game. Okay, let's do it. Keep All right. So I'm going to do it by average, by average salary per year. So first of all, let's do quarterbacks. But let me just show you, Patrick Mahomes, yes. Worth it. Yeah, worth, worth it. it. Easy. Josh Allen. Oh, I'd say it. worth it. I'd say worth it. It's 40. QBs are almost always QBs are almost always worth it because it's the most essential position in base in um football. Oh, let's keep going. That's actually if you do the top 10, you'll see that's actually not entirely true. Yeah. All right, go on. So look, Patrick Holmes is Josh Allen is. I don't think Dak Prescott's worth 40 million. I think he is to the team he is. He's gonna throw for six thousand yards. All right, be quiet, Ori. Normal projections, I still think he's the t- to the team he hold is. Up, okay. Hold up, we're gonna we're gonna put this out to the who's on top fans. Ellis and I have a friendly bet going on. Whether Dak Prescott is going to throw for 6,000 yards this year if all of his receivers stay healthy, which is a big if. If all of his receivers stay healthy, he can definitely throw for 6,000 yards. All right. Other than that utter nonsense, all I want to say is that, you know, Prescott, you show he's worth it because he was out for all last year and look what the Cowboys did compared to when he was in. Anyway, go ahead. So that's their defense. No, that's their defense's fault. Andy Dalton played pretty good football. He played pretty good football, and that's yeah. Andy Dolan. They can literally see. draft a first round or a second round QB. Okay, we don't we don't need right. a, we don't need I'd to say this. not worth it. Not All worth right. it. All right. Well, overall said worth it, so worth it. So that's three. Watson not worth it. We're moving on. Wilson worth it. I think pretty simple. How much yeah. is Wilson making? Thirty five million. I think that's yeah. worth it. Worth it. So that's top four. So that's top four or five are worth it. But if you go down, golf not worth thirty-three million. Wait, we're paying thirty-three million for golf. Yeah, that's why I got a bunch of draft picks. Yeah, I think Rogers is worth thirty-three million. I know Dan (laughs) probably disagrees. Golf and Rogers are making the same amount of money this year. Yeah, bro, what? (laughs) They're going to be making so much more. I'd say Kirk is not worth thirty-three million. Sure, not because he's going to catch COVID, but like, yeah. And I don't think Carson Wentz is worth $32 million. No. No. So that's the thing that's interesting is we say all the QBs are worth it, but only right. 60% of the top 10 QBs were worth it. Sure, but 50%, well, yeah. It's, top ones top are always five. worth it. The top ones on the homes at Josh Allen are worth whatever. Yeah, I agree. 25%, 30% of your payroll. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right, next, yeah. running backs. McCaffrey, $16 million a year. I'd say worth sure, it. Sure, worth it. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's worth Alvin, it. Alvin, fifteen million. Sure. Zeke, I don't think is worth fifteen million. Nope, he's from the Ohio State University. And he's no, I think he is. Offensive line. No, I think I don't think he is. Now. Dallas's offensive line. I don't think he is. I think you said. I think you said a bad. I think next year, this year, he'll have a bounce back year. Oh, I think he's worth Zeke. Also, the thing you got to remember: football contracts is that they're not all guaranteed. Yeah, so, that's another thing. Flashy number to say that he's gonna he makes fifty million a year. But if he gets injured or has, you know, off the field issues, that's you know, true. You got to really look at the contract. All right. So then we'll say the top three are worth it. 
Dalvin Cook, I think, is worth it. Easy. Yeah. Derek How much Henry, you Twelve million. About. How long is Derrick Henry's contract? Derrick Henry is next. Is twelve point five. See that worries me. If how long is his contract? I think it's four years. I don't think it's that long. He, I don't think that'll be worth it in two more years. I'm telling he, you that right now. I was, everyone. Okay, I I drafted Derrick Henry in my dynasty league, and everyone like in the third round, which I thought was insane because we talk a lot about like Derrick Henry is bound for an injury. Derrick Henry is bound to regress, but like, what he's evidence do we have for that? Um, he's an old. Only started being like older. a full time running back in 2019. Sure. But he's, he's 27. He's 27, which is 28 is usually the last good year for running backs. Look at David Johnson, 29. And I think I think his rushing pace is unsustain, unsustainable. Listen, it's Derek, you can say it's Derrick Henry. He's an anomaly. But most people that rush that much, Chris Johnson, all those people are well, very I'd say I'd say he's an but anomaly. Chris Johnson's game was I think, only speed. I think it was only speed. David Johnson's game was really only speed. Sure. Our running backs can last longer. Marshawn I think that's Lynch. fair. It's a fair point. It's and, a fair and point. And I think Lynch. it's also LeGarrette Blunt. It is also, I think, a very fair point that for a lot of years, Derrick Henry didn't really have full control of the backfield. True. He was the backup behind Zeke. Um. Yeah. He had 2018 was his first year starting. Really. All right. Um, so that's. So but that's, he ran. Well, he ran 5,000 yards in three years, which just concerns me a little bit. It's a lot of tread. So that's so that's top five. Nick Chubb for 12 million. I think that's worth it. Yeah, that's worth yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Aaron Jones, 12 million. I think is worth it. See, totally. this, is, this shows you there's good. Uh, there's good contracts. I mean, every single one of that you have listed, arguably the top. Yeah, I'm just gonna go through the rest. I'm gonna just again, go through the rest of the. Again, let me just go through. To, it's kind of hard to judge, Jeremy, because running backs are perennially underpaid. Like yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's why that's why I think doing this is interesting. Yeah, I think because I, I'd argue that running back. Them, I think people understand that running backs are the last piece. It's more important to pay the. But well, that's why I think we should go through the other ones because the next only one of the next three I think is worth it. Joe Mixon at twelve million. I don't think that's worth it. Yeah, we'll see. He's very injury prone. Oh, I don't say it is. As of today, I'd say no. Sure. Here. Melvin Gordon at eight. I don't think it's worth it. Not at all. He's gonna be the. He's gonna be split. And then Saquon at seven point seven. I think that's worth that's it. We fair. don't need to talk about it. Yeah. So eight of the ten running backs are worth it, and let's just do receiver because it's taking a while. Okay. Sure. Go. Yeah, I do think it's interesting. So receiver D Hop at twenty seven million per year. Yeah. Yeah, worth it. That's a lot. I don't think it is. I don't think I disagree. But then, who, he, how much is he making? Twenty seven million. One, he's not the top wide receiver in football, so sure, he shouldn't he's not, be making he's this. top three though. He's definitely, <laughs> definitely top third age. And if you're talking about team, like his value to his team, the Cardinals could use some of that money to spend on defense, you know, because they, you know, actually make the playoffs next year all instead right. of Hill Murray, all that money. Hill Murray, right? D Hop wins games. He won one game. Yeah, he was good. He's won. He had a very good year. Like Twenty-seven million. Do you think he's worth? He's twice as valuable to the Cardinals. I know it's a bit of an unfair comparison. As um, who was the top running back we talked about? Oh, as McCaffrey. You can't compare running backs and receivers, though. Yeah, you can't compare different markets. I know, but I'm just, you know, it's something to think about. If, if you deflate, no, I, it's a fair the, point. The thing is, what I would say here is if you deflate the the income, right? So if it's like, if uh, D Hop is being paid like the top in his field and McCaffrey is also being paid at the top of his field, I think they're both worth it for their teams. If that makes sense. There's yeah. a difference between worth it and earning every dollar all right that's a fair point worth it 
to pay Andre Hopkins over his value to keep him because what he brings to your team. But value-wise, like, you know, you want to talk about baseball like war, you know, like what percent of your team's value comes from DeAndre Hopkins compared to payroll, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's hard to – that's why war is that applicable in football just because, like, there are so few games. But, like, I understand what you're saying. All right. Well, let's – for now, let's say he is and move on. Okay. So, it's DeAndre Hopkins at one. Julio Jones at $22 million. No. No, I don't think he is. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like that's a very clear example of some someone that's like past the point of regression. Because like D Hop was a top receiver last year. Julio, I mean, was, but the injuries have I, not warranted. To be honest, time. I think let's let's try to get through it. I, so yeah, let's go. Point. So that's so right now we're have a yes no. Keenan Allen at twenty million. Worth it. I think that's worth it. Keenan Allen's great. Mm, okay. We haven't uh, gone to really the top guys yet. That's true. But a lot of them are young and on rookie contracts. You talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Amari Cooper at $20 million. I think that Not was. worth it. Not worth it? No, he's, he's going to be the receiver too, in my opinion. Who's going to have a better is, season? Amari is, Cooper or Keenan Allen? This is a really good – I think this is a really good example of, like, Danny, what you were talking about. Yeah. The overall contribution to the team versus payroll. Because I'd argue that DeAndre Hopkins is like the number one and pretty much one of the only sources of offense other than Kyler Murray on the Cardinals. But uh, Amari Cooper is being paid at a similar level to DeAndre Hopkins. And he's like number two, maybe number three, some in some situations, the receiver on that team. So it's like, That's you know, it's okay. You're talking about I, total value. I agree with that. Don't so, need Amari Cooper as much as the Cardinals need. DeAndre. I agree with that. So yeah. not okay. So not worth it. All right. Um, I think. So Michael Thomas at 19 million. I know he's been yeah. injured, but he set the rec- the reception record for uh, he set the record for receptions. I think he's got to be worth it. But this, it, but that we're talking about two years ago. A lot can happen in two years. This year, he's not worth 19 million. All right, Ellis. Yeah, he's not. Ori. Uh, it's really hard to see. Let's see what he does with Jameis. Like I don't know. It's okay. It's really hard then to not. This is all right. Then to. I really think he is, but I've been outvoted. Odell at 18 million. I don't not think it's definitely not. not worth that. No. All right. Kenny Galladay at 18 million. Uh, oh, this is going to be a hard one. Uh, I, I think Kenny Galladay's talent is great. That hamstring is so nervous. I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, I'm going to go back to what I said before. I don't think he's worth by the value, but I think the Giants have to go and pay to get a Kenny Galladay. If that means I think pay talent- a little. I it. think people are forgetting how talented Kenny Galladay is, but at the same time, they're forgetting it because he always comes down with a freaking hamstring injury. I'd say, I'd say worth it, maybe. I think. All right, I'm gonna go not worth it because of the injury. Only okay. because that it was all Matthew Stafford. That wasn't Kenny Galladay. All right, be quiet. All right, yeah. so we're doing not worth it then. Tyree killed eighteen million. Tyree killed both. Forget, forget that. It's not all Matthew Stafford. It was all the lines receiving coach. That's what it was. <laughs> that's true. All right, Kenny got Tyreek. Tyreek Hill's worth it at eighteen million. I yes, think that's pretty yes, clear, especially in the role that he plays in that team. Yeah. Uh, Allen Robinson at seventeen at eighteen million. I think he's worth it. I think it's worth yeah. it. I mean, yeah. If you look at the amount of cap, he has one of the highest. Like, oh, what's the stat? It's balls that should, it's balls that shouldn't be catched, but are. I think he's the highest in the league. His value to his team is as great as any receiver 
not named Devontae Adams. So I think it's pretty clear that Robinson's worth it. In fairness to him, though, he gets he has a lot more opportunities to catch bad balls than any other receiver out there. But anyway, I still think he's very good. Yeah. And Tyler Lockett is 17 million. I don't think he's worth it. He's clearly no. too. See, yeah. I I think he he was, but not anymore because he's past the hump. But I still I think last year and the three years before that, Tyler Lockett has some crazy. If you look at Tyler Lockett's stats, the last he's really years, good. He's ridiculous. He's real. Yeah. He's I don't think he's receiver. I don't think he's 17 million dollars. He's not. I the think one he was. I think starting this year. I mean, he's third. Oh, he's only 28. Never mind. I think it back. I think he's worth it. I take it back. I think he's worth it, but that's a hot take. I say no. He's just number two on his team. I think it's fair. I don't even think he is number two on his team. I think they're tied, but yeah. Yeah, this is a case where if they were both paid similarly, sure, but just because, like, DK is already, I think, still on his rookie contract and everything. The last three years, he has over 900 yards receiving and has over 75% catch percentage for the last three years. No. Plus, he started every game, which is if you look at receivers, that is extremely rare. Even the top receivers miss like one or two games. He starts every game. He his target is he catches a ridiculous amount of balls for a ridiculous amount of touchdowns and yards. So I don't no, know. I, I love Tyler Lockett. I I I'm okay with that. Anyway, but but I know it's a bit of a hot take. I I, th- I I'd say no, just because I think it's a hot take. Yeah. All right. So that's the thing that's interesting. And in receivers, we only said four were worth it. Yeah. So running backs. So running backs are almost all running backs. There's more correlation between the high, uh, like the highest paid yeah. and so value than there were for wide receivers. So I think running backs was 80%, quarterbacks was 60%, and receivers were 40. Here's the issue with running backs in general. I would think I would think it was different. Sorry to cut you off. I would think it would be different because running backs, I think, have shorter lifespans. So I expect a lot of the best running backs to be on rookie contracts and therefore not being paid that much. I agree too, but I also think you underestimate how quickly because of their shorter lifespans, NFL teams go to lock up the best ones. Because, I mean, if you look at these top running backs, they're all very young. They're all locked up because they know they have short lifespans. So, like, they're trying to get ahead of the years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, yeah, that is very interesting, Jeremy. Good, good. let's get spicy. I mean, honestly, I'll just give my last two cents here. I think that receivers are – mismatch with their value often because they get paid big after one or two big seasons so it's like that that's the reason i think that there's such a disparity tyler lockett has two good seasons and he gets paid a lot but then you know comes along and i'd agree with that and i think you can't wait for someone to have five good years and then pay him yeah Yeah. well the other thing i find interesting about receivers is i feel like and this okay this is the last thing i'll say then we'll move on is that I feel like a lot of them weren't worth it, but they weren't like ridiculously not worth it. You know what sure. I mean? Like Tyler Lockett, I think he's probably not worth it, but I think he might be worth like 14, 15 million. I don't think it's like it's scrubbed on that list. And like same thing with like Kenny Galladay and like Michael Thomas. Like I think they're still worth a lot, maybe just not quite that much. The thing with QBs though is that you need a good QB. So like you need you they reach on Jared Goff. Well, that's a reason because you never don't get a first round pick QB that long. You need to lock up a good QB. So you're yeah. gonna run into more, you're you're gonna be more reckless with your money and run into more pitfalls. That's kind of what makes also Tom Brady so great, is he never requested that much money. Yeah. Uh, but but oh. other other non-Tom Brady people, you need to lock up your good QB. So you're gonna say, is this guy good? Is this guy not? Well, I'm not taking the chance to give him to another team, so I'll lock him up and take the bad contract instead. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Ori, let's introduce our next meat of the podcast. All right, let's talk about the meat, the sausage, the beef, 
fantasy football preview oh this is ellis's favorite segment um thing he looks forward to all year we just had two drafts with all of our friends one just with the guys one with the guys and the parents so i'm sure we have a lot to say about our players and who we drafted so let's start it off as always with the afc east uh jeremy you want to take this one away all right yeah let's do it let's start off with the afc east so first off is josh allen I think my fantasy MVP three times in a row. Sorry. Alice, you want to, you want to talk about Josh Allen? I yeah, sure. Um, you know, I'm, some may call me in tight fantasy circles, a QB, so a QB clairvoyant because I picked um Patrick Mahomes breakout. I picked Lamar Jackson breakout and then I turned around and picked the fantasy MVP for three times in a row in Josh Allen. Rather impressive. I know. But, um, but this year I'm not loving him. His, um, his stock's gone too high. He's going to be good. I just don't think he'll be worth the ADP. A lot of two things about fantasy football is how good are they compared to the ADP and mitigating risk. I don't think there's much risk for Josh Allen. I think he'll be solid, but his ADP has gone unfortunately too high. I'm actually not entirely sure. I agree with you about not much risk. Just because it's only been one great season. Like I think for from a football team standpoint, I think the Bills aren't much risk from a standpoint of being as prolific a thrower as he was last year and having as prolific stats. I don't see I don't see what could go wrong. I mean, it's not just his base's arm. He also led the league in rushing touchdowns last year. I That's feel true. like he has a very low floor besides injury. I don't see him having just a disastrous fantasy season. No matter what, he's going to give you a top five season. But he won't. I think he'll give you top five. I think he'll give you fifth. I think his touchdown percentage, which is six point six, which is ridiculous, is bound to go down. It'll make him still top five QB, but not that fantasy MVP you're drafting. Um, other players I want to mention. I am. I'm this year. I'll be straight up honest. I'm not picking a QB breakout in the sense that there's this random QB that comes out from the fire and does good. But two, one, two. I have two QBs to look out for that I'm not predicting. One of them is Tua. Having good preseason has the feet. When you look for fantasy QBs, you look for year two QBs or year three QBs that can run, has relatively good targets, and has talent. Tua, talent's there. Now, I'm not predicting him to be the next Josh Allen because I don't think talent is as good as Josh Allen's. Now, let's talk about his targets. Waddle and Will Fuller, pretty good. Gasicki, good end zone target. And he can run, so he gives you that base. So I think Tua's a person to look out for. Um... And I think I the other, th- the other yeah, thing yeah. about Tua that I think is a good point to make is that they Miles Gaskin, I know that people are split on him, but they don't have like a huge running game. So they're probably sure. going to have to throw it more than a lot of teams that can go heavy run. Tua, also, I mean, Tua can kind of run too, ugly. right? Yeah. They're also a team that kind of plays ugly. Like it's not um, – like they're not going to really win shootouts. They're going to play a lot of ball control, conservative. And the thing about Tua is even if he does – you know, take steps forward. I don't think you could trust them with a starting role, even in like a 14 team league. Yeah. So see, like team league. I, I'm just saying, I don't believe in Tua's talent. That's why I'm not pronouncing him as the next fantasy MVP. <laughs> I will say though, the pieces are there for him to have a good fantasy season from the ashes. I just don't believe he's good enough to do that. Like I believe with Josh Allen last year. I also think Josh Allen got Stefan Diggs last year. Tua got Waddle, they're not comparable, though I do like Waddle. So, yeah. So, um, other players I want to mention is I think people are underestimating Corey Davis and overvaluing Elijah Moore. I think Corey Davis comes out here. He had a good season last year, underrated, is the wide receiver one. Elijah Moore has a fine season, but not fantasy relevant. And 
I like Damian Harrison. I'd like Damian Harris, but I want to express caution on a ceiling. He does not catch the ball, and this Patriots offense is not lighting anyone on fire. They're not going. Damian Harris is not going to have tons of touchdown value, and he's not catching the ball. I think he has a fine floor because he's a really good running back and will get 15 carries a game. But I don't. I don't think. I don't think he will be a star that some people think he is. And last, I want to mention is. Okay. Oh, real quick, I want to talk about Miles Gaskin because the fantasy football community is fifty percent bust, fifty percent star on Gaskin. I'm going bust. I think people are underestimating Malcolm Brown in the offense. He will take away those red zone things, a red zone t- um, targets and red zone carries for Gaskin. And Gaskin isn't the star running back. He needs volume, and I don't think he gets as much as people are predicting. I'm just saying Miami has a pretty good legacy of producing running backs that are like solid. I mean, you look at Kenyon Drake, he, they, they have a good offensive line there in Miami and they like running the ball. So I don't know right. if necessarily that Mike Jacecki is going to, sorry, uh, that uh, Gaskin's going to have a good year, but Miami's going to have a good year running the ball. Also defenses in uh, AFC East, eh, <laughs> you know, other yeah. than Patriots, it just more, really stands out too much. Um, That's not entirely yeah. true. The Bills have a good defense. And I, I think mean, the, oh, but they, yeah, go ahead, Jeremy. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say like, yeah, the Bills have pretty solid defense, but last few down, last few years, they've just been kind of airing it out with Josh Allen, which saying, you know, l- playing a little less conservative, maybe playing from behind a little bit more, not necessarily playing from behind, but I think their defense has regressed a little bit. So the running game is always open. And one point about um, Damian Harris is that he did a lot of his damage when Sony Michelle was out last year. And Sony Michelle, when he played, had a – low-key breakout season. He averaged over five yards a carry. And the previous two seasons, he had been the Patriots goal line back. He sort of does a lot of the things Damian Harris does, very similar player. But Michelle also is starting. He's caught four passes in his last preseason game. So maybe he's getting more comfortable out of the backfield. And you're right, Damian Harrison, uh, Damian Harrison. Damian Harris doesn't catch anything. He gives you no value out of the backfield, especially in a Patriots offense that has James White and has uh, – how do you pronounce that guy's name? Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. Who has really impressed people in camp. So I'm with you on Damian Harris. Well, I guess I'd say I have two kind of things to talk about. First with Damian Harris, I agree with you that he may definitely not be the star people think he is. But I kind of – I don't really think that many people think he's a star. I mean, his – the whole thing about him that's good is that he's one of the very last, like – running backs are officially a starter you can get. So I kind of feel like I'm not sure he's necessarily going to be a star, but for where you can get him in drafts, which I think is like really, like I know for us in both leagues, it was like one of the very last running backs drafted. I think that's a pretty good pick. Being a starting running back is a pretty good quality. His ADP right now is the 75th person off the board. So what is that? If you're in a 10 team league, that is the seventh round. I think he'll be a perfectly average seventh round running back. I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll outperform seventh round. I don't think he'll underperform seventh round. I'm surprised it's so high to be honest. He is the. He is the. Sorry, that's standard. Sorry, he's the 81st PPR. So back eighth first pick eighth round. He's the 31st running back on PPR. I think he'll be the 30th running back ending the year. Like I think he could easily outperform that i just don't think he's gonna necessarily be a star and i guess the other thing i wanted to talk a little bit about is the jets receiver i think i'm a bit higher on elijah more than you are i just think he's probably our most talented receiver Corey davis i think people under 
underestimate him and he's been in the league a few years but like he's been in a good offense before and he's put up numbers but nothing crazy and I don't know I think I just am buying the potential in Elijah Moore much more I know he's been very much impressing in camp and I think I don't know I think Corey to me I think Corey Davis starts out the year as the number one receiver but at least to me I'm guessing I'd I think I'd predict by the end, Elijah Moore is like the true one. You have to remember, though, wide receivers don't break out until year two, generally. I don't think – I think Elijah Moore is good. He's been good in camp. They've said that. I don't think he's elite level that he will break out – what is he, round two wide receiver, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying by that. Yeah, I don't think – I don't think he'll – I think he'll be fantasy valve. I think for dynasty, sure. I don't think this – I think – I don't touch him in redraft. I do, I do think that's changing more and more, though. I mean, look at Justin. Obviously, I'm not saying he's just Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is an exception, but look at Justin Jefferson last year having like what, like 1,400 yards or something crazy like that. Yeah, and unless I'm playing the tight end position, I'm touching no tight ends here. All right, let's move on from that uh, that horrendous division to a much more competitive division, hopefully. Uh, AFC West. So, Ellis, I think you got some notes for this one. Yeah, I'm gonna start with the Broncos here. In what really is probably the most confusing um, team to, to predict fantasy. I don't know what will happen to the receivers. We don't even know the starting quarterback. Bridgewater had a good week too. I think it'll be locked, but it's closer than people think, I realize. And the running backs, you got Melvin Gordon, who's definitely going to start the year as the starter, but Javante Williams has been impressive in camp. Will he show up halfway through the season and get the start? So I'm, I'm taking Sutton. I'm taking Judy at their ADP. I think Javante Williams is a good stash play. Uh, but I don't think there's any potential for breakout here. Now, moving on to the Chiefs, um, easy. Mahomes, a little too high, but draftable. Um, Kelsey's great. I have him a bit higher than ADP. And Tyree kills Tyree Kill. Only thing I want to caution on is Nicole Hardman. People think, well, they have to throw to another. They have to find another target. No, they don't. No Chiefs wide receiver two has been in the top 40 wide receiver since 2004. Andy Reid doesn't really utilize a wide receiver two that often. Will Hardman will be will give you some games where he gets a punt return touchdown? Sure. I mean, yeah, I'm not like, why use yeah. a wide receiver two when you have Travis Kelsey, you know? Exactly. So, McCole Hardman is a fantasy irrelevant, other than he'll be a good bench player. Let's move on to Derek Carr and what I got. Um, another bottled running back room. Josh Jacobs can catch the ball, but John Gruden doesn't seem to want to throw it to him. Kenyon Drake's more of a pass catching back, but I don't think he eats up a lot of running back. So it's a murky. I think Josh Jacobs would be a low end running back too. Kenyon Drake does cap his ceiling. Kenyon Drake will be a fine backup running back. Um, receiving room. Now, uh, the receiving room is interesting because you got Darren Waller, not Ruggs, had a disappointing year one. His camp hasn't been great, according to reports. He will have get you big touchdown games. Like, um, like he will get you big touchdown games. Now, someone that John Gruden loves and I love, who disappointed year one, was Brian Edwards. John Gruden um, called him the mix of Terrell Owens and um, who else was the other guy? And I think Randy Moss. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I'm a big fan. I think late rounds, he's worth a target based on potential alone. And Carr's going to have to throw it to somebody. And finally, the Chargers. Well, who do I got for the Chargers? Um, Herbert, I think, is very good. I think he's being overdrafted in ADP. I think, yeah, I just think he's being overdrafted. Eckler is going to be a fantasy MVP. One of them, I'm putting my stamp on Eckler, can catch, can run, does have a bit of core problems, but, you know, everyone has injury problems. Keenan Allen will be a solid back-end receiver one. That's what he's been his whole career. Nothing exciting. Um, and Mike Williams will get you a game, a big game or two, but other than that, fantasy irrelevant. 
Um, who am I targeting here? I'm targeting any chief not named Nicole Hardman. I'm really liking Darren Waller the more I look at him because he's not a first-round pick, and I think he'll be close to Kelsey. And um, other than that, I'll draft some of these players, but I'm not excited. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited about Eckler. I, I think. Oh, I forgot about Eckler. I'm very excited. No, no, no. He's, he's so impressive every year. And I mean, his work ethic is also insane. So I, if I could get him, I would. Unfortunately, I couldn't. But I, I think he's such a solid pick every year, especially with an emerging Justin Herbert. Also, I have to say, it's fun to have people like Eckler on your team. He loves fantasy football and he's a hilarious dude. So you naturally want to root for him. Not that that should matter. Well, I took him in the second round. Picked by me. Um, I'm looking at the Raiders here because one, Derek Carr is he's sort of a borderline fantasy starter. I mean, he actually had a I think he had a passer rating over 100, so he's a good player. Maybe not as good in fantasy as some other guys because he doesn't do everything with his legs. And then the two Alabama guys, Josh Jacobs and Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs totally got overshadowed by Justin Jefferson. He had us more of a Jerry Judy type season. So what will he do in year two? If you want to take a flyer on him late, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and Josh Jacobs, I mean, he had a good season last year. He's been a good running back for them. And then you added Kenyon Drake. The ten, and Kenyon Drake's also a good running back. So it's unclear where the touches are go are going to go, and especially and they have one of the best tight ends in football. So it's not just where you can pencil in like some of these teams. That's the running back. That's the wide receiver one that this is just going to get the ball it's a little bit more uncertain than that I kind of agree with that to be honest I think for me with the Raiders offense outside of Darren Waller I'd kind of stay away from this whole thing just because I think it can be really hard with how muddled everything is for anyone to live up to expectations receivers like a late round flyer I think could be worth it just because I feel like it really is a toss-up who's going to become a starter I think some people probably think Ruggs. I know else you think Brian Edwards. I think it's really probably. I just think Brian thing. Edwards. Well, let's look at Brian Edwards' ADP. He's it's practically dirt cheap. So why not? Rudin clearly likes him. Why not take the shot? I think yeah, I think it's possible. The thing about Herbert, I mean, for me, I got him pretty high in dynasty, which I think is good. It's different, because, yeah, because he's going to be good for a while. But yeah, no, I kind of agree with you. I think talent-wise, Herbert's insane. I think in a ten-minute. Sorry, real quick to interject. In a ten-man league. Herbert's um um Edwards is going undrafted 19th round. So I mean, why not take the shot? I agree. And all I was gonna say about Herbert is that I think that in his future is incredibly bright, and I do think he'll be a fantasy star at some point. I think it's hard to predict what year he'll jump to fantasy stardom. Like I think he'll be good next year, and I think he has a pretty high ceiling, but he's being drafted as like a top five, top six quarterback right now, which I don't necessarily think is I think it's closer to his ceiling than his floor. Yeah, I agree. All right. After a confusing AFC West, let's take us to maybe a little more confusing AFC North. I mean, let's talk about the Bengals here first. I, th- I think receiving core is going to be definitely confusing to take it away. Ellis, uh, you want to? Yeah, the receiving core is interesting because you got the whole thing with Jamar Chase. Might not play after today's news that he um, – domestic assault accusations, not official, but never good to see. Plus, he's had an awful camp. Which is to be expected because he's talented, but he hasn't played a year of football. So, so um, but I really like T. Higgins as a sneaky pick. He had a surprisingly good year one. Him and Burrow, um, and with not good QBs. Um, and I think uh, Tyler Boyd's always a safe option to pick. I, so I like T. Higgins. And here's the problem: Jamar Chase is going fifth round. It's probably going to drop with the domestic assault accusation. But just from today, fifth round, 
not worth it. You can get Tyler Lockett in that route. You can get Deontay Johnson. Tyler Boyd's going for dirt cheap, um, and and he's going to give you average numbers. T. Higgins, what's his ADP? T. Higgins ADP. Um, uh, T. Higgins ADP is the seventh round pick. I like that for T. Higgins, who had a good season last year. I'm going to look up his stats right now. Um, but to move on, when I look up his stats, another controversial pick. See, I think people are high in Joe Burrow and low on Joe Mixon. I've been switched. I am high in Joe Mixon. Yes, he has injury history, but how many workhorse backs that can catch and run are there in the NFL? Answer is not a lot. So I think Joe Mixon is worth a second round pick. I, he can be a top five running back. He has that potential. Yes, there's injury, but you know, you got you gotta risk it. Joe Burrow, I think he'll be good by the end of the year, but you have to remember he tore his ACL, PCL, and something else too, um, MCL. Those are three CLs. You don't want to see that in a quarterback. Just started practicing <laughs> again. Just it's a lot of injury. His whole knee got pretty much. Just started practicing again. I think he's going to have a very slow start to the season just from injury, not talent, but I think he gets back end of the year, by the end of half. And to go back on D. Higgins, 14 games started, 67 catches for 900 yards as a rookie. Remember, rookie wide receivers do not normally do good. Those are very good numbers. Um, so I'm high in Higgins. Ravens, I think Lamar Jackson, uh, I'm staying away just because I don't love QBs, but I think it's acceptable to pick him. Hollywood Brown, not a fan of. Mark Andrews, I am a fan of because I think he's actually the what, number one in um, Ravens, and he's the number one red zone target, which is even more important. But someone I'm down on is J.K. Dobbins. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to run the ball, but so is Gus Edwards. On top of that, when they're in the red zone, running um, Ravens running backs do not score many touchdowns because Lamar Jackson is there, and he's ran for a good amount of touchdowns. So I think without the touchdowns and with Gus Edwards eating up his running back, I don't think he's worth a third-round pick, is which he's being drafted. He's being drafted top of the third, um, bottom third, around the third pick. I don't think he's worth it. The Ravens are one of those teams that, which are very good at running but don't seem to produce any good or consistent fantasy running backs. If very true. Yeah. No, it, that's one thing I always find kind of weird about the Ravens because I feel like they're always such a good team, but they just – yeah, they don't they produce that many – they just don't produce that many great fancy stars, right? They never really have any big receivers. I mean, Lamar, Lamar Jackson's awesome, and he probably will be awesome again this year. I'm guessing right around his ADP. I mean, right around where he's being drafted. But he's not like – but outside of him, they just aren't that – and Mark Andrews is good. They're just I mean, that consistent. before the last five weeks of the season, which Lamar Jackson was terrific, he was considered a bust. He was a – he was drafted as the QB1 and was playing as the QB13, not a QB. He was playing as the best QB2 drafted as the first QB in all drafts. He redeemed himself and got up to QB7 in the last five weeks, having a, it was great for the playoffs, but we can't forget weeks one through 11, he was bad. That is just no way of putting it. He was bad. Um, you, but sorry. to be fair, you can't just take out his five of his best weeks. Like that's I'm, not, not I'm just saying it's, it's it, you just, listen, you're always extrapolating data, but it just scares me when I'm drafting Lamar Jackson that pretty high. Um, how, I'm going to, I'm going to, wait, well, one second. Um, oh, for, um, for the, um, for the, um, Steelers. Browns, I wonder the rounds. Baker Mayfield, fine QB2. Otherwise, I don't find him that relevant. Um, the running backs, I like, I think Chubb's going to be great. I think Hunt's going to have his value. He's not going to be – he only gets – he's a backup, but his ADP isn't that crazy high anyway. Um, so I like them. And Odell, I think, is worth a shot, but he concerns me. 
I think it's worth so a shot. What do, you, what do you think of Jarvis Landry? For PPR, listen, for big leagues like our 14-team league, I like Jarvis Landry. Plug and play wide receiver three. But for not a 14-team league, five catches for 40 yards is underwhelming. It just is what it is. And Lamar Jackson is going the first pick of the third round, which I think is a bit high, by the way. I just wanted to confirm that. Um, So I think Jarvis Landry, if you're not in a big league, and it has to be PPR first off, is fantasy irrelevant. Um, But Odell Beckham has the talent, so he's – and he's, his ADP finally dropped because of all his disappointing seasons. So I think he's worth the shot. And finally, on to the Steelers, who are the last team in this division. I like the Steelers. Now, talk about a lot of receivers, though. Yes. And the receiver room is muddled. And no, and other than I think only one in the last three years, th- three receivers being drafted in the top 30 have actually ended up being in the top 30, if that makes sense. Meaning Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Juju Smith Schuster all being drafted top 30 or 35 receivers. But historically, when there's three receivers being drafted in fantasy in the top 30, they only two or one become top 24, top 30 receivers. You know what, Ellis, you know, you know what's weird? I love all these receivers. I think they're super talented, but I would still stay away from Big Ben this year. I don't know. I think Big Ben can support Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Deontay Johnson got nine targets a game last year. Yes, he led the team and dropped, led the league and drops. But that's partly because he had the second most targets in all football. Um, um, I don't know. The other thing I kind of feel like about the, the second most in all of football. I think I'll look that up, but I'm pretty sure that's a stat. That's insane. I didn't realize that. And the like, other thing, volume is king in fantasy. The other thing I was gonna say that's I think big, both about the Steelers and Bengals is I'm not saying they'll necessarily support all these receivers, but these are both muddled receivers room. But I think both teams have potential to support multiple starting fantasy receivers. Three is hard, always hard, but they like, both have a lot too. I think I think each of the teams could easily support two though, because they have a lot of three receiver sets. They have a lot of like they throw the ball at times. I could easily see both. You know what's teams nice about two receivers? But you know what's nice about Chase Claypool is why I like him actually this year is. Unlike Deontay Johnson, he doesn't need a lot of targets. I'm out on Juju Smith-Schuster in this, but I'm in on Deontay Johnson, and I'm in on Chase Claypool because Chase Claypool does not need a lot of targets to be a fantasy impact. Now, Who's the number one in that room? In the receiver room, target-wise, I think it's Deontay Johnson, but play-wise, I think it's Chase Claypool. Juju Smith-Schuster, I think I'm out on. Um, Now, running backs-wise, I'm actually a fan of Najee Harris. Yes, worst worst offensive line in football, but again – Volume is king when it comes to fantasy football. And I think Najee Harris is talented. I think he runs the ball. He catches the ball. And I think he's going to get a lot. Mike Tomlin likes to utilize a cow horse, a cowbell running back. I think touches is king. I think he'll cowbell running back. Whatever. Um, touches is king. I think he will get his chance to shine. I would pick him. Uh, let's see his ADP. Because I would pick him early, early second round. I, Ellis, I completely disagree with you. I'm with here. Daniel on this. I completely disagree with you. I don't see – I was so shocked when I looked at the draft board for our draft and saw on the head of, you know, proven guys who actually played behind a functional offensive line. We've seen the Steelers. Last year they were as pass-heavy as any team in football. So to say he's going to get his touches, they might just abandon the run again. With all these great wide receivers they have. I'm, to be honest. Oh, sorry, Dan, go ahead. No, you go. I would just say, I'm actually really in the, as make, this makes me sad to say, but I'm total agreement with Dan. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. But honestly, it's like, I just think this line is really bad. I'm afraid it'll be like a Le'Veon Bell with the Jets type season. Like, even if Le'Veon Bell is great, 
It's just with no line, there's very little you can do as a running back. Right. And so I would have. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. And I just think I agree. Najee Harris is talented, and he was probably uh, worthy of a late first round pick in the actual NFL draft. But to say this guy is going to come in his rookie season behind the worst offensive line in football to a pass heavy offense with great wide receivers and a quarterback who's going to throw the ball and put up early second round production, I think is absurd. I, I actually really agree with that. It's I'm not even question. him being, I just don't say it's not even him being a rookie. Could we very often see rookie running backs jump in and make a huge impact? It's the fact that it's the, he's running behind a terrible line. I, mean, I think he's going to create things that, you know, James Conner couldn't even average, what, four yards of carries? Well, I think he's better than James Conner. Right, I have a question, though. So he's being drafted the 10th best player in fantasy right now. So, oh, I can, sir. Who do, you, who, who do you draft, Antonio Gibson or Najee Harris? Gibson. Antonio Gibson. Gibson. Without a doubt. Eckler or Harris, I think. Eckler. Eckler. So I have him right now ahead of Gibson personally under um, – I have Eckler over him. Under Gibson, I have him. I have him actually over. Ooh, I'm gonna say is I have him over Jonathan Taylor. I think. But the, I think that's ridiculous. The football team's offense ridiculous. actually revolves around Antonio Gibson. The but you no, know, but it doesn't because JD McKissick last year got was the third most targeted running back in the NFL. So I think Gibson does not get the targets he needs. That I think I think Harris ends the season with um with more targets than Antonio Ellis, Gibson. How many catches did uh, Antonio Gibson have last year? I think 34. 36. And how many carries? I don't know. But how many? 170, almost averaging five yards a carry. How that, much did that's, like, that's a solid workhorse back. Sure. But how many? But JD McKissick, look at JD McKissick last year. Oh, 80 catches. Because they have a third round back doesn't mean, you know, Antonio Gibson isn't valuable. No, but then, Ellis, oh, no, I think he's valuable. I think he's JD McKissick caught 80 passes, right? And. Antonio Gibson still almost caught 40 balls. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to change. I don't think that's going to change. But I don't, think, I don't, but I don't, think, I don't think Gibson My point is, over 40 balls. you think Najee Harris has any room for catches with Juju Smith? Like, yeah, I do, actually. I think they utilize I – I think, I think he actually does. I think he does. I just don't think he's going to be able to run very well. Like, I guess to me is that, look, even if Gibson just catches 40 balls, if he, other than that, he's the workhorse. All right, so wait, I want to keep it going. Well, I'm just saying if Gibson's the workhorse back with 40 balls, that's really good to me. Like, so that's a lot see, of fancy points. Do you see Joe Mixon being better than Najee Harris? I wonder, I want, I want to see where you place Najee Harris. Honestly, Joe Mixon or Najee Harris? Honestly, I'm curious. I think Najee Harris because of health reasons for Joe Mixon. But if health is not a factor, I think I think right. Joe Mixon. Clyde Edwards Lair or Najee Harris. I don't know. All right, so you have so you have Najee Harris as your 15th, 14th best running back, right next to Clyde Edwards Lair. I think that's about right for me. Yeah. See, I, I have him right at ADP. I have him at 10. Uh, I have at 11. I have him at 11. So one under. I think Eckler's better than him. So I've I am right above Gibson, right under Eckler. So so it's we're actually pretty close. You only think you only think Gibson and Mixon are better. I think Najee Harris, I think I am a big fan of volume is king. I think Harris gets the volume. That's all I'm saying. And I, and I get and I, and I get where I can go wrong. I can get the offensive line, but I think he gets the catching and running volume to be a top, to be the 11th best running back in the NFL, in, in fantasy. And to be fair, he's also I have about the Ravens. It's just who's catching the ball. I think Mark Andrews is going to go up because what was the tight end that they lost? Uh, Hayden Hurst, they lost him last year. Oh. 
But and also people are sleeping Hollywood Brown. I mean he had an, only an okay season last year, but who's their number one receiver? Uh, yeah, I just think the Ravens are one of those teams that don't utilize their number one receiver. And Brown, I mean, Lamar's going to throw for 3,000, 3,500 yards. It has to go somewhere. And Lamar's going to throw touchdowns because they score a lot of points. Yeah, um, uh, I'm staying away from Hollywood I'm just, Brown. I'm but just it's wondering who's going to go to. Someone needs to catch the ball. It's just even in the, the Ravens, even in Lamar, the Ravens and the are like the Patriots, as in they're very hard to predict who does consistently well. Just also I'm talking like, about with the, with the Brady years. Like What I'm just imagining, like even in – Lamar Jackson's MVP season, they didn't really have a fantasy-relevant receiver. Hollywood Brown was like 23, but it was mostly on big games. Um, yeah, so I think we do defer on Najee Harris, but if you think about it, we don't actually. You guys are only three. You guys only think three running backs are better than him that I think. So um, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, yeah, any other notes from this division? I, I, think it's, I think I have a hot take that Joe Burrow won't be that good for the first 10 weeks, but uh, you guys don't seem to mind it. No, that's fair. I think that's yeah. Sure. yeah so I don't... Off an ACL. Yeah, I think um, it's hard right. to say because he has good receivers, but I really think that's a very good prediction. Especially with an know. offensive line he doesn't trust. He's going to be a little antsy. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to our next division with the AFC South. This is going to be an interesting one, I think. Um, Ellis, you want to take it away with first talking about Deshaun Watson? Yeah, I'm staying away from the Texans. Maybe uh, Brandon Cooks late flyer. Holy I'm not, backfield, man. Holy there's God. 10. I drafted David Johnson, just dropped him today for James Conner. Um, not a fan of the Texans. I mean, who's who's in the backfield there? It's like Lindsay. Yeah, it's and the running back. I don't trust the Texans. I don't trust listen, Deshaun Watson's not good enough. Even with all the it's just not nice fun to have him on his team with all those accusations. Plus, you don't even know if he's gonna play. Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, Rex Burkhead, David Johnson. Like, what the f- and I can, and I just also imagine how low the morale must be with a quarterback who you know doesn't want to be there, who's had all, who's done all this awful things. JJ Watt got out start. just in time, man. Yeah, no, I'll say this: the only person from the Texans I'm looking at is Brandon Cooks. He's being drafted the last pick of the ninth round. I think that's an appropriate time to grab a flower. Him, they have to throw the ball. Someone's going to have to catch it. There's no one really else to catch it. So Texans, other than Brandon Cooks, just stay away. You like. What's what? Okay, just from psychologically, you draft Deshaun Watson, you waste a pick. He doesn't play the whole year, and even a domestic, a potential domestic abuser on your roster. That's not fun. It's the op. It's the anti Eckler. All right, let's move on to the Colts. I'm not trusting Wentz until I see it. I think Jonathan Taylor will be good. I think he'd be the same level as Najee Harris because they have a third round back in taking away his targets in um, Ellis. Ellis, the, uh, the difference is Carson Wentz know. knows how to hand off the ball. Big Ben does not. Oh, come on. What Ellis, are you talking Big Ben, about? I, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but is thrown for, like, just keeps on throwing the ball more and more and more of these past They had Le'Veon Bell. How can you say he hasn't handed okay. off the ball? Behind oh, one of the oh, best oh, offensive yeah. lines, behind one of the best offensive lines, they had one of Fair the enough. best backs that was suited for that offensive line. Sure. Najee Harris is not with that offensive line. He's a rookie. He has no idea what he's doing. I don't think it's even close. Jonathan Taylor has been this. The Colts offensive line is one of the best. I, I believe they still have uh, – fuck, what's his name? The guard that's really good. Uh, uh, Quentin Nelson. Yeah, Quentin Nelson. I mean, yeah. they're running behind, like, a serious offensive line. And I don't know. I just – They so also I'm... don't have – they don't have three receivers trying to take away time there. Right? Talk like, about – 
talk about t- RB1 potential. I'm going to admit it right here. If Jonathan Taylor starts catching the ball, he has it. I'm just not statting that out. I think Naomi Hines takes away enough from him to be a top 10 back, but not a top five. Um, I really like Michael Pittman. Carson Wentz, I think, is underrated as a QB. And nowadays, I think, Michael, they need to throw to someone. I like Michael Pittman as a receiver. And if you punt the tight end position, I think Mo Ali Cox, just because he's so big, will get you touchdowns. So only if you punt the tight end position, it's a name right, to look for. Tell us how big is Ali Cox? Mo Ali Cox. Um, I think Cox, it's like, Cox is a big guy? Yeah, Cox is a big guy. Um, oh. Wait, actually, I'll tell you, height and weight. Um, Mo Ali Cox is 6'6", 260. So this is a massive human being. It's a massive cock. Yeah, it's a massive cox. Um, so yeah, so Molly Cox will be if only if you punt the position, he'll get you a couple bunch of touchdowns, I think. Moving on to the Jaguars, Etienne is out. Now, from reports are from camp. Well, this is obviously good news for Robinson, not good news for Etienne owners. Though reports are from camp that Carlos Hyde will be utilized in the running game somewhat. So I think Robinson does not have I think I think you move him up projections. I think he's just is is an a low end RB2. I think Carlos Hyde does. Carlos Hyde will be catching passes though. No, that's fair. I I don't know if I really believe this crap about Carlos Hyde, to be honest. Because after the season James Robinson had, you're really not going to give him the job. I don't know. I'll believe Carlos Hyde's going to have a more serious role when I see it. Well, what what is um, James Robinson? We're just saying he's going to take touches away. I agree. I I just, I don't know if I believe that. I think it's James Robinson, 83. I don't know why people are so low on James Robinson. He was an amazing back last year. Like, I don't know. James Robinson ADP is in the fifth round. At that point, I'm looking at my mid-tier tight ends and my good receivers. Unless you punt the RB position, I don't think James Robinson. I'm not. Don't think I'm gonna be drafting James Robinson unless I punt the RB position. In which I, feel, I just think there's better value in other positions where he's being drafted. Um, and then and then the receiving core is muddled. Not a fan of DJ Chark. Lavisca Chenault hasn't played that well in preseason, so I'm a little scared to touch the Jaguars. Um, but I will take Chenault based on ADP because I think he's a fine ADP. And finally, let's move on to the AFC South. Maybe I'm just down on Henry, but I he's almost – I'm afraid – listen, here's my argument against Henry. He was the RB3 last year on 2,000 rush yards. That is scary numbers because is he going to get 2,000 uh, rush yards again? He needs to get 1,500 to be a top – to be worth to be worth his ADP, he needs 1,600, 1,700 rush yards. If any running back can do it, it's him. But if he doesn't do that, he will be not worth the fourth pick of the draft. Um, in terms of A.J. Brown – The thing is, Ellis, I've, I'm just going to put one thing in there. Defenses were stacking the box against them last year like – Nothing you've ever seen before. And credit to the Tennessee offensive line for carrying the hell out of Derrick Henry and making him into a really a top tier back, reach 2,000 yards. But Julio Jones is there, and I know he's old, but he's good. Like, teams are not going to be stacking the box like that anymore. Especially because Ryan Tannehill has emerged as, like, borderline top 10 quarterback. So, like, I I, I just think – My issue is with Derrick Henry is he doesn't catch the ball. So, he's been doing – and he is an anomaly because – Despite not catching the ball, he's been putting elite numbers on the field. But if he just puts up almost elite numbers, he will not. He will be not worth the draft pick. So it depends on what you think. Worth the third round, though. You don't really know, and you add in Julio Jones. It's hard to know what their offense is going to look like, and whether you can depend on a guy as great as Derrick Henry is to get you what you said, seventeen hundred yards. That said, I'm all in on Brown and Jones. I think Jones is going. I don't think Jones will be great, but I think his ADP isn't that high. 
And I'm a big fan of Brown, even though he does have an injury right now, which is scary to the shoulder. And I'm even more in on Ryan Tanhill. He is, uh, he is my third favorite QB this year in fantasy. I think he'll put up good numbers. He hasn't run, which I don't love. And I don't think he'll be a fantasy MVP, but for where he's going, he's great. So those are my notes on ANSI South, if anyone wants to talk about some other stuff. I think the Colts wide receiver situation is interesting. Just like similar to what I said with the Ravens. I mean, someone needs to catch the ball. You know, <laughs> it's a lot of Jonathan Taylor. And, you know, Pittman played well down the stretch last season. Um, but really, who else is there? I, was, I mean, T.Y. Um, Holden, he's not a number one or really a number two anymore. No, I think I like Pittman. I like Pittman. So that, you know, in an offense that we expect to score some points with a quarterback who, you know, you know, was going to lead the league in touchdowns a couple of years back and has great potential. I think that makes Michael Pittman a really interesting, intriguing option. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. If you want to start your own podcast and talk to the world, um, you can do that on Buzzsprout. If you do a premium plan, you get a $25 Amazon gift card. Always love Amazon gift cards. You can use that to buy a nice bike, which we did. Follow our social media at what.podcast, W-O-T.P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Twitter, Dan's going to start posting when the new podcast is out. Mm-mm-mm. Instagram, we have polls, face swaps. Also, you always know when the new podcast is out. Plus, if you want to listen to it, we have a link in our bio and our Instagram so you can listen to the podcast. Don't forget to follow our YouTube. We post highlights and occasionally full episodes there. We might post a full episode this week. Um, and yeah, it's at Who's On Top. Like, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you always know what's going on there. W-H-O, yes, space O-N, space T-O-P. If you just want to listen to us talk in the whole podcast, um, they're usually in between 40 minutes to an hour. Go to literally anywhere where you listen to your podcast other than Amazon Podcast. But who listens to Amazon Podcast anyway? We don't support Jeff Bezos here. And we're at Who's On Top. Um, again, same as YouTube. Like, follow, subscribe, turn notifications. That's important. Um, so you always know when the new podcast is out. Great discussion I had today. I'd love to see it. I think any more um, points for fantasy or... Um, uh, just general points. Yeah, anyway, like fantasy always comes second fiddle. Puck's going back to back. Draft, uh, draft well, boys. I, I know I drafted the best team in our, in our league. So. I only one got an A plus rating. All right, yeah, only one did get an A plus rating. I got an A. I got an A second best. Anyway, with that, hope you stay safe and hope you stay healthy. Vaccines out. Please get it. Now FDA approved. Suntan lotion, water, always good to have. Um. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. We might we might split this up into two. So NFC and AFC. Oh, um, hope you just have a good week in general and goodbye.